that's it. The hoes gonna love this. The hoes gonna love this, y'all. This is episode 11, Joyce and Brian in the fucking building, man. Another banger. And I don't know if you noticed, but like, we have sweaters on, which means it's getting cold. But this podcast is getting cold, man. Come on now. That's it. Um, we have a special guest today. But before, but before we reveal our guests, we just want to say a big thank you for getting us to 300 followers. You feel me? It's a small number, but it just shows that people are like attentive to what we're doing and at least care what we're doing. So shout out to y'all, man. That's real gangster shit right there. Um, and then any other announcements? Nah, fuck that, man. Let's get into our guests, man. Who we have in the studio today, man? Yo, it's Fonta Balo, poet, Hall of New York. Big shot to I'm I'm just gonna say Fonto again. I was just about to say Fonto. It's 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 Fonta. Fonta. Yeah. Big shout out to Fonta for hitting us up and this, you know, making this happen and stuff like that. We really do appreciate it. Honestly, we just trying to make this platform just like a platform for like New York City creatives like you, just to like express like your side of either just what you do or just a different side that your fans don't know of. So, you know, thanks for popping on this show, man. That's it. My pleasure. What you do is what you do is great. We need to highlight that for sure. No, hundred percent actually, and it's funny. Um, when I first like looked at um one of your poetry uh sessions, I'm gonna say session because like it's all just a session in my eyes. But like when I looked at one of your poetry videos, um, it got me like reminiscing a little bit of like Lauren Hill, just mm. a little bit because it's like okay, she's 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 a poet, and like you use your poetry as a form as like do you use it like as a form as like a activism yeah yeah so i think that's really a really like Mm. a dope thing so like i guess our first question really is just like how exactly did like fonta come to be like who exactly is fonta fonta i mean i always like ever since i was in elementary school like i'm part of hez harlem children's zone we would always have like showcases and i always was wanted to rap i always wanted to perform so like i knew i wanted to be a performer from the jump Feel me? And then as time went on, I went to summer camp. At 11 years old, I started going to a summer camp. And it was for young girls from the inner city to explore themselves through the arts. 100. Yo, it was, <laughs> to this day, I'm so thankful I'm still part of the camp to this day. Believe that. Hello. Hello. <laughs> now, I like that 100%, bro. To this day. And then I just started from there. I was performing at the talent show. I was starting as, like, a rapper. I went back to school telling my teacher I wanted to be a rapper when I grew up. <laughs> and then eventually I'm like... I'm not a rapper, but I got some shit to say. So yes. then I slowed it down. I'm like, let me get into poetry. I ain't really mm. see too many po- poets, but I met somebody. He was like my mentor to this day, and he was doing poetry. And I was like, oh, wow, the son I could do. So it's what I've been doing on the side since I was a youngin'. So so I see on your Instagram page, uh, you met Sean Mendez, right? So how was your first session to then Sean Mendez bringing you out to perform uh, a piece? My first session with him or my no, first, session, first of poetry? session in general and poetry Yo, compared that it's to performing in front of like I would say hundreds 100K. of hundred thousand. And it of was people. globally, yo, yeah. it was crazy. It's it must like, have been a lot. Of, it must have been a lot of nerds in there. Yo, oh my gosh! As far as you can look, it's people. It's like you can't even conceptualize how many people's in the crowd. It's just heads at a point. Uh-huh. It's crazy because when I started, I started when I performed at the campus. Probably like thirty people, and those thirty people support you, so you don't really think too much about mm-hmm. anything. So from to go from there. To go to performing in front of hundred thousands of strangers who was there to listen to music, and for a minute I gave them poetry. 
and they was jacking me. It's crazy. <laughs> wow. It's crazy. Wow. Wow. It's crazy. Believe that. Honestly, it just I think it just goes into like people who just willing to listen and stuff. And like as long as you just like you mentioned, like at first it's thirty people, so it's like obviously usually just niggas you know. But mm-hmm. then like that the fact that you were able to come out there and then people were listening to you or at least listen to a minute of you. That's it. Cause we live in a world now where it's just like everything is fast paced. So like, if you don't get your pitch down, like in a minute, I think it's not going to hear. No more. And I think that is actually really cool that you use your poetry to like, as a form of just activism, just for a lot of just black activism, just a lot of black power, man. That's it. Um, also during that time when, um, the pandemic and there was a lot of political issues, how did, how did it how did it feel writing about everything that was going on because you also had to probably express um express yourself to to so for other people to feel so how how was that it's so crazy that was my breakthrough point 2020 everything was going on george floyd happened i remember i remember to this day i wrote the poem that first went like People first started listening to me again on Instagram. I wrote that poem when I was on my way to the tax office. You know, unemployment hitting and all that. <laughs> I was lit. <laughs> I was lit. Everything going on. I'm walk past two fifth. I see people outside protesting and everything. I'm like, I want to speak about this. So I start writing a poem as I'm in the tax office, writing a poem. Mm-hmm. I go home that day and I start talking about like, I'm like eight seconds is way too long to be on somebody's neck. I'm on my iPhone just recording like this. Blew up. I start. Now I'm starting that protest. I'm like, now I really got some shit to say. And mm. I'm angry. Respectfully so, I'm angry. And that was the yeah. first time where I felt like people really started listening to our words because everybody was in such an angst. Like, everybody was so mad that people wanted to hear, like, that somebody else could verbal, like, put in words what they're going through. Mm. And that, that was me. And I was like, I'm not. This is my form of activism. I was out on them protests, but I was, give me the mic. I got some shit <laughs> to say. Word. So if anything, like, Poetry really helped me in my activism because for so long, like, feel me? I'm a young girl. I was playing basketball with the boys all the time. You yeah. got to learn how to speak up. No, 1,000%. Like, so yeah. Believe that. <laughs> that's where my voice came from because it's like you playing with the boys and all that. And now all of a sudden, yo, you a girl. Uh, well, I'm here. I'm <laughs> that's here. It. She still contributes to the table. So yeah. what y'all niggas talking about, Hello. man? Hello. What is y'all talking about? <laughs> so from then, I was just always somebody who wanted to speak up. So then when I found poetry, it's like, if I'm doing a music song, if I'm um, like rapping or something, people's focused on the beat, how it make them feel. They want to dance. Mm-hmm. But if I'm telling you some real shit for two minutes, I'm looking you dead in your soul and telling you some. You're going to take that. You're going to really sit and you're going to really hear my words. Not going to worry about if you like my uh-huh. music or anything. Yeah. So that's why I really like stuck to poetry because like you really got to listen to me. It's it's It, it reminds me. What I like about poetry is just like it reminds you of just like conscious rap. Mm-hmm. Where just like people aren't just. And that's not. And that's not a diss to anyone who likes, you know, people who just makes a lot of beats and just makes music and just sounds good, <laughs> right? <laughs> but, like, but with conscious rap, like, people have to listen to, like, what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And, like, in a time where, like, there's a lot of division and, like, everyone knows when the George Ford things happen, like, niggas just pointing fingers everywhere. Like, as y'all, as y'all, as y'all. y'all. And it's yeah. just, like, I think that poem you made where it's just, like, if we can't be black, like, what yeah. can we what be? What can you we be? We're like, not safe in our home. Yeah. Where can we sleep? Like, I wanted to ask you what... I guess what inspired you to write exact, that exact poem, like outside of it just being like, a, you know, the whole division and stuff like that, like what inspired that specific poem though? Because that was a beautiful poem. Thank you. That poem was really from like, I was angry after the Breonna Taylor situation because it's like she got shot in her home, in her bed. And I'm like, 
I'm I'm somebody like when I first started college up until I graduated, I was an economics major, mm-hmm. right? I was always in the corporate world. I was always in them rooms, but it's like I was still a black person, right? So it's, I always stood out. Like I was always that, oh, you got here because of this, or you got here because of that, not because of my own merit. So I'm like, I'm always a black woman who has to fight to where I got to be at, and I can't even go home and rest my head. Wow. That's crazy. Believe, believe that. It's 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 bad too because like and unfortunately for black women like well unfortunately just being born black and like Yo. the world we live in we're already at a disadvantage and like at a woman itself like that's already yeah. two things you have to battle with so it's just like for you to come out and just speak your voice and just how you feel on a situation and it's not even like oh I'm just trying to get clout or I'm just trying to get like recognition Word. like no like this is how I like I feel, I feel. because Sorry. y'all y'all bugging the fuck out. Speaking about clout, like during that time, there's a lot of people that like took the movement and they got their no their um their uh, clout or notoriety notoriety yes. yeah. and just stopped like stopped with the movement. It's a like lot of people, bro. That black the black box and oh Black Lives Matter and all that all that. Yeah. It was it was a lot. There was a lot of work, but there was a lot of performative action. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. People believe, was just be, believe that. Oh, I'm gonna write a post on Twitter. I'm gonna write a post here. Everybody gonna agree with me because everybody's mad scrolling through their phone. They gonna agree with me, but you're not really. After all that, you got your followers on that. You don't really care about the movement. It becomes about the numbers. That's another <laughs> sad fact about reality, yeah. man. And honestly, the black box. I never posted the black box because like, honestly, I just thought like, cool. okay, a black box. Then what? What they going? They gonna look at that? Keep scrolling. But people want to speak to not even on Instagram. They don't care about no black box. Or honestly, if I see a black box, I'm thinking my, my photo didn't load. <laughs> where, where the photo at? <laughs> That's it. But I, like Brian said, there's a lot of people who just who just go with the hype and stuff. And honestly, mm-hmm. I feel like when the pandemic started, a lot of like even people like I grew up with like yeah. got exposed. Like mm-hmm. it was bad. Like I think it was bad in the sense where it's just like obviously there's no justice for black people. But like the people that let's say the friends that you have that like aren't black or just not my minorities yeah. and they just they just wouldn't speak up yeah. like it kind of hit me that hit me that hit me a, a different way than i than i would like to admit honestly because like these are people like i broke bread with and then you really seen that like how much of a disconnect there really is and there's just a lack of education so we it, i feel like there, there's a lot of allies that came from that i feel like this movement was probably the most where it was the most like people who weren't black that were like fighting with us but then you've seen a lot of people were like wow this really how you think like, no 100 percent. a lot of things just a lot of people got fucked <laughs> right, so, right, so let's bring it back so how did so during um college mm-hmm. at your time in albany how was how was that in poetry yo albany I would say Omni really helped my career, like my poetry, like exposure, like just from the jump. Um, when I first came to Omni, I didn't really know like how I fit in because I transferred. Mm-hmm. I was at Bard College. I transferred to Omni my first semester. It was it was hard. Like, I'm not going to lie, it was hard because you don't really know people. Everybody got their own cliques and stuff. I didn't really know where I fit in. And then second semester, I found Phenomenal Voices, right? And that's um a group for poetry, like, and singing, and they put on showcases. Yo, and from there, I started performing there. I got a name for myself. Then COVID hit. That's when <laughs> then COVID. Damn. I was busting off that if I was a love poet, everybody was jacking me. Then Did COVID I, hit. I just, if I was a love poet, that that's it. That was the one. Yeah. That's it. So then... When I came back, all the orgs, because, you know, Albany has, like, a lot of organizations put on a lot of shows. Everybody hit me up. Yo, we need a poll for this. We need a poll for yeah. that. We need a poll. 
So I just kept doing performance, performance, performance. And then the, it was so real. The school, like, you owe me to, like, the whole, like, with the president. All that found me and was like, we want you to speak at commencement, at That's graduation. Crazy. I was the first poet to ever speak crazy. at graduation. But you see how powerful your voice can be. And it's just like, no. for you, it may not even seem like it's a lot of work because you've been doing this your whole life. Word. Like, this is what I do on a regular. That's it. So when people... When people fuck with what you're saying, they're going to put you in a position to, to say that and stuff. Did you, were there's ever a situation, I guess in New Albany, because I know there's like a lot of different mm -hmm. cultures and a lot of different like perspectives. Like, was there ever a time, and this might be like a low left field, but was there ever a time where like you either had a stance on something and then someone like kind of had just to disagree with you in a sense? Um, or how do you deal with people who just don't agree with your stance? I would say if somebody disagreed with me on Albany, I wouldn't know. But... If people, like, disagree, because, like, sometimes I talk about some real, like, controversial stuff. Like, if I'm talking about Black Lives Matter, if mm -hmm. I'm talking about, like, women movements or, like, just stuff I went through. Because I got a poem about, like, being at a being black at a predominantly white school, which Albany is a PWI, but my first school was even more. And I had to speak out a lot at that school because it was, mm -hmm. like, I was going through stuff that a lot of y'all wouldn't even have to worry about. So that really, like, I really had to, like, butt heads with professors. It was so, I was really on some activism in that school. I was out in the marches. Activism. We made them change the believe, student handbook. Believe that. It was like, that, that is really when, like, butt enforces. Because it's like, you speaking from experience and they speaking from what they think they know. And it's like, the book could say whatever. You could think whatever, but you ain't never been to the city. You ain't never been to Harlem. You don't know how I'm living. How you going to tell me my story? Like, imagine somebody trying to tell you they st your story. They never even been where you from. The problem is there's too many hats in the fucking pot. Yes. <laughs> too many right. hands in the fucking pot. Get them out. Come on, bro. That's it. And I think you're right. It's, it's just a lack of just awareness and just education. Yeah. People don't want to be educated because at the same time, it's like, Let's say, let's say there's a white person, an example, like they wouldn't, if you tell them to look up something like, um, revolving, not, not everyone, but like someone who's not really for BLM and you tell them to look up something like relating to black culture, it might be uncomfortable for them. Mm -hmm. But that's the thing, like get uncomfortable. No. Yeah. You understand? Like you have to be educated because then you just go on the internet and just start talking shit like all the haters do. Yes. And there's a lot of people who got uncomfortable and I, cause I know a lot of people who really like did the work and I'm like, so it's possible. You just ignorant. That's you can't really see out of hours. That's what I had to learn in my like performing in, mm, in front of different people. You okay. gotta be all right with people not agreeing with you. You could say everything, you could have all the facts, you could speak from your emotions. And if they don't see you, they not just not gonna see you, no matter how much you please. So you gotta start like realizing, yo, it is what it is. I'm speaking from my truth. And you gonna see that or you're not gonna see that. Like um, my poem, one of my poems that went viral on I was my black is, I looked in the comments and some dude was like, You're not saying no facts, you're just speaking from emotions. Wow. But that's the thing, like people go out of their <laughs> way to speak negativity. Like you understand? And it's just like you don't even know like the guy who probably said that doesn't even like have even is well versed on he the topic didn't anyway. Even watch the video. It's so real. They just saw one clip and they just Yo, didn't like it. And they just word. fucked with it. That's so, it. That's what you got to learn. I just, you got to be you. And they going to like, they going to like you. They going to love you. They going to hate you by the end of the day. But I'm not going to change myself. Crazy. Like. You thought I was feeling you? <laughs> <laughs> nah, um, I um, I overheard when you said about butting head with professors. And mm -hmm. actually, when I saw your video on UA, how... Yeah. First of all, I just like to say, I think that was a very informative video because I yeah. think what a lot of kids don't really understand is rate my professor. Mm -hmm. And like it kind of, I was watching the dishes while I was watching it, right? Yeah. And I was like, 
get it watching this and while I was watching it. Come on, son. <laughs> Y'all not even with me right now, bro. Um, but as I was listening to you, um, I remember I used to go on Wait My Professor. Mm-hmm. And like, bro, I would not take a whole class if I wasn't fucking with the professor. Yeah. Like, yeah. If it just had like four stars instead of five, fuck it. Nah, that's a fact. Because some professors, like, I would say I got lucky with no, it wasn't no, um, like, cultural things with these professors, but mm-hmm. some of them was just, they didn't care. They was like, you got this dude, this dude, this dude, and if it's not done, it's not done. Those professors is the one that you end up taking if you take too long to do your FAFSA or you take too long to get. Oh, those are the professors you get. <laughs> I hate Wait, those niggas. I hate those. I don't, but we had a lot of good professors at UA. I would say that. Even at my first school, we had a lot of good professors. It was a smaller class setting, but mm-hmm. I used to be able to rate my professor, what, four stars. You ask around. You put in polls on Instagram. Let me know because... Some professors will really, like, want you to fail, like, and it's crazy because I almost, I, it's so crazy, I almost um didn't um graduate. Oh, yes. well, speak up, walk us through that, man. Yes, it's so crazy because <laughs> this is my last semester. I don't think I ever spoke about this. My last semester, right, I got my book out, so I'm doing that. I'm doing so many things at once, yeah. life taking off. I just, like, I'm doing big shows and stuff, and I'm also doing school, but this was when it was still virtual, but it was in person. Mm-hmm. So it's like I'm doing all these shows I'm out partying And I'm doing my work <laughs> And I had this one class At 9 in the morning And this is what I mean By professors have to actually care Or they don't care mm-hmm. And he was like If you five minutes late That counts as Half a grade what? point Oh <laughs> Half a grade point Or two latenesses That's one full grade point Oh I'm like, yo, the class at 9 o'clock, you get a five-minute grace period. You Zoom not working something. Yeah, it's like, quiet. anything can happen, yo, bro. Like, like, what? I don't think I've had a professor like Yo, that. he, yo, so, I didn't even, but my thing is, who really read the syllabus? This is my last year. I didn't really, so, it's swanning down and stuff. <laughs> and I'm looking, I'm calculating my grades. I'm like, A, B, B, B. I'm like, whoa. I got to be in this class, but I got a couple of latenesses. That's going to put me at an E. Bro, at an E. Jeez. Excuse out of my class, Because <laughs> I had like six. It was like six. So six latenesses, that's three absences, that's three grades. Full letter grades. I was like, nah. Had to send him this crazy email. I'm like, yo, I had so much going on. The school talking like, yo, you want to speak at commencement? I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to graduate. So ended up working out because I just, I put an all nighter. He said, if you get 100 on the final, I'll pass you. Nah, that's I crazy. I put an all nighter. I had three I Red Bulls. And it wasn't on some like studying and you like do the multiple choice or nothing. It was like you had to build a stage set on your computer because I'm a theater minor. So we had to like, it was like theatrical design or something. So I really had to sit up and like, and you like, it's like computer science. You get a code wrong, it messes everything up. I had to do it so good to a T, but I don't think I got a hundred, but he he passed me. You passed me. I think I got like a 97 or something. Come on, you had a you know the thing. You know. You know the thing is. I think. I think he. She saw the effort, and she fucked with the effort. Man. <laughs> I think that's what happened. That's what happened. I tried. And um, uh, before we move on, shout out to you because I seen you graduated. I think. Take barred at like yeah. sixteen. Yeah, I graduated bar seventeen, and then you owed me nineteen. Mad young. <laughs> hold on. 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 So. I know you alluded to earlier where you didn't finish high school, you said, Mm -mm, right? Nah. How does that happen, though? 
Because, like, don't you need to finish high school to get to college? Nah, that's so, the thing. So, nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, that that is a fact. That is a fact. So, what happened was, so, what I bar college at Simon's Rock is an early college. So, they mm-hmm. accept you early. Um, and, you know, New York State is one of the only states that require the regents to graduate. Mm-hmm. So, I didn't need my regents to leave New York State. So what happened is after 10th grade, yes, after 10th grade, I applied to Bard College. They have like early college programs in like the city, but that is like dual enrollment. This school is like the only school where you drop out of high school and you're really into college. So my transcript stopped. But why did they drop out of high school though? Like you can't even get like a GED or something. No, so I ended up, it's so crazy. I got my GED after I got my associate's. Because you Albany was like, I don't, I don't care about no associates. I need to, I need to see you completed high school. <laughs> it didn't make sense though, so I had to get my um high school equivalency test. But yeah, fifteen year old doing college work, I even. I don't know how I did it, but but it's just like your mind was already there because again, yeah. you was you was writing poetry since you was young, playing basketball, writing poetry. What am I missing something here? Let me get the bomb real quick, man. Am I missing something here, man? <laughs> Yeah, I did everything. I would say one thing about me: I did everything I like to do. Everything. So it's like if I'm curious about something, that's why I tell people all the time: you curious about something, just just try it. Cause mm. I started off rap, rapping. Come on, I don't even rap no more. But that's why I started doing because what I thought was cool. And then oh, I right. end up finding poetry. I'm thinking it's cool. Basketball. That's what I like to do. I want to be outside. I want to be active. It's just for I me. I thought she was about to rhyme. <laughs> I thought I thought she was about to play a beat. Damn. It's still poetry to me. It's still poetry to me. I can't. But. I just do everything I like to do, and if it sticks, it sticks. Like for a long time, I said I'm not, I'm not doing poetry full time. I literally quit the bank. I got a full time position. I was getting salary, four one k, all at nineteen years old. I was set. I was set. And I walked away um, after I did the Sean Mendes thing. Because when I came back to work, they like, you have two more PTO days for the rest of the year. I know that blew you. This was that September. You. What you mean? I only got two. I said, nah, this is not what I can do. Because I never know when I'm going to get a call like, yo, I want you to perform here. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that can happen, yeah. No, I got to go into work to make open somebody a credit card. No, never. I don't, I don't want to know what you're doing with your money. I want to know what I'm going to do with mine. I just got out of there, put in my two weeks, and I said, this is what I'm going to do. Since then, I've been coaching. Back to what I love to do, coaching and performing. And I'm a teaching artist, too. Coaching. Coach. I coach young girls. Um, I'm part of Garage Game. It's from four to nine years old. We do, like, clinics. Oh, that's mad Yo, dope, bro. It's like I'm doing what I like to do. Right? Clinics like basketball or, like? Yeah, it's co- basketball. Oh, nah, So, like, you dope. know, we developed them. We have a lot of, um like, Connections with like Nike, Junior Knicks, and all that. Jeez. So they get all these opportunities that, and I could be part of it. Like I could help them get oh. what, like, for me, I I got growing up. The beauty in basketball and having a basketball coach and this, like, being the role model that I used to look up to. I love that. That's, nah, I'll fuck with that. I'll fuck with that. Actually. And actually, um, it reminds, it brings me back some memories. I don't know if you remember, um, because since you played basketball growing up in the city, mm-hmm. um, did you remember like this tournament? In, I think it was Manhattan called Roses Park something. Yes. Oh Rose my Park. gosh. Everybody just I always wanted a jersey, bro. I never got a fucking jersey, son. Yo. Yeah, y'all all played at Roses. Yes. Oh, goodness gracious. How was that experience, actually? Yo, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna lie. When you start getting older, you realize basketball is a lot of politics, man. But it's like we always. That. Believe, we always believe had that. fresh gear, always had good shorts. That's one thing I would say about Rose Classic and a lot of the women's like mm-hmm. basketball tournaments. You always had gear and all that. But I played with my high school in there. I had played with my AU team, Castle. And it was Whoa, just, yeah. Okay, it was okay. It Yo, was okay. she's <laughs> nice. 
am busy. Getting with that. I ain't going to even lie to y'all. I ain't going to even lie to y'all. I can't get on here and not plug my friends. I'm telling you right now, my friends over there is way better bullies than me. I can one, ever one, be. One, 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 Shout out to them for coming in here. Coming for, any, coming for anything I do, feel me? Shout them out. Shout, them out. shout out Tootie. Shout out Janae. Shout out Jada. Appreciate y'all. And everybody else that's going to watch this, shout out my bestie. Shout out my family. Oh, yeah. Because I know y'all don't like poetry, but y'all love me. So <laughs> that's it. It's funny because hey. when she came here, I was like, yo, we, call you, we told you to come here by yourself, boy. Like, nah. <laughs> I ain't coming out my niggas. You crazy. That's it. But, um, um, so yeah, from the inspiration from basketball, poetry. I mean, sorry. So from the inspiration from graduating um, college early, mm-hmm. dropping out, getting your GED and all that other good stuff. How did, how did like your environment influence that? I would say, I'm not going to lie. When I was out there. Like, the reason I left in the first place was to get out of Harlem. Like, mm-hmm. I'm back now because I'm more, like, mentally prepared to move how I need to move. Mm-hmm. When I was younger, it was a lot going on. I seen the path. A lot of my friends was going down. And I just didn't really want to be home. I was going through it with my parents and all that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Yo, I need a break. I need something different. And that's what that's why I first left, right? Mm-hmm. But my environment is what kept me going is because it's like, I got to do good so I can't end up living here. Like, Right now, I put myself in a position that I know I'm not going to just end up, like, not being nothing for myself. Like, I no, 100%, I yeah. laid the foundation that, like, when I come home now, it's like I'm coming home to give back, to be with my friends and family now, but I got that foundation. Wow. When I was 15, I didn't have that. It would have been easy for me to get lost in these streets. And I think that's been- a that's a good part that you mentioned, whereas like, you had to leave in order to come yes. back. Yes. Because growing up in Brooklyn, I was in a Brooklyn mentality. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, if I didn't go to college, like, in Buffalo, I would never grow up the way I <laughs> no, went to. No, it's so, it's so real. You got to leave to come back because... Like when you stay here And you don't experience Outside of New York You don't think There's a life bigger Than New York You think New York Got it all And we do got a lot But you learn a lot of things Out of the city That you ain't gonna learn In the city But that mentality You get from being From the city That swag That culture That confidence They ain't got there Nowhere else So if you make it In New York You gonna make it Anywhere Mm. That's why they love us (laughs) That's why they love us I don't blame them a little sidebar, actually, because um, I always want to know this. So I always find it funny how, like, people from Harlem don't say that they're from Hatton. They just say they're from Harlem. From Harlem. <laughs> is that, is Harlem. there, like, a reason for that, or it's just, like, it's just... Because Harlem is the culture. Manhattan is, like... Tourism. Tourism. People say how it is, man. It's just tourism. Yeah, Manhattan is, like... If you go to Manhattan, a lot of people's not from New York. A lot of people move to Manhattan. You go to Harlem, we born and raised there. Generations live there. Like, now, for me, they coming. They gentrifying us and all that, all that. But you, like... It was a point in time where all the brownstones and Harlem's was owned by black people. Like, that's, it's that. so much power and culture and, like, just history. Like, 125th, like, that then became Crackhead Central. But a, a point in time, that was, like, really a place of culture. Like, mm-hmm. 116th, a place of culture. It was, it's, like, it's so much, like, so when you're from Harlem, you just got that confidence. Because, like, we really them. Dapper Dan from Harlem. And he's fly. Mm. We fly. Like, we're <laughs> <laughs> I met Dapper Dan at a show actually And I had performed a piece for him And I gave him my book Take a picture and everything He was like yo Like I really love what you're doing It's crazy Cause it's like I look up to you And then I get to perform In front of you Like So Um There is one thing I wanna ask you though And I guess this is for like The people who follow you And like your fan base and stuff I guess 
So when you said before how you stopped, you know, working at the bank and kind of like just took a bet on yourself, what would you recommend to people who are like in that step where it's like, should I take a bet on myself or should I just like play it safe or? I would say we young. So playing it safe don't really get you nowhere right now. Because what are you playing it safe for? You young. This is your time to mess up. This is your time to. That's that's one thing you got to be prepared for, though. You can't say, oh, I want to jump into this, but I don't want to fail. You, there's no point Damn, in starting. That's tough. Cause there's a lot that happened since I done took that step, right? Since mm-hmm. I done left the bank, there's a lot of step setbacks and there's a lot of things that came with it. But at the end of the day, if you remember what you do it for, you know that this is all part of the process. So that's what I was saying. Also, you don't have to have a thorough plan. Like when I left, all I knew was that I'll be teach, I'll be a teaching artist. Mm-hmm. Since then, I started coaching. Since then, I've been performing more. Since then, I've been um. Like, going into different schools. At first, I thought I was only going to be a teacher at one school, and that's how it started. But now I'm going into different schools. There's a whole lot of things that you don't know until mm-hmm. you're put in that situation. So, you waiting like, oh, I need to know everything before I leave. You're going to be still in that same spot a year later. Take that step. Take if you fall, fall step. on your back. Look up and get back up and keep going. That's it. Gotta get the hose out because a lot of fire here, man. <laughs> gotta get the hose out, man. That's it. Three for some podcast, man. Episode 11, Fonta in the building, man. You already yes, know what's yes. going on, Thank man. Thank you for having me. That's it, man. We might be crack eyes, but we back at it, baby. That's <laughs> it. Hold on, hold on. Shout out your uh, book. Oh, yeah. What's that for about? all the things I never got to say, published May 2021, you can find that everywhere. But the best way to get it is on my website, www.fontabalo.com. Search me up on Google, you'll find the book. It's the cover. I know really pretty. And yo, thank <laughs> you for rocking with me. <laughs> if you love my poetry, you love what I had to say today, you're going to love this book. So Believe shout out. That. Shout out to 347 Podcast, man. We thank here. You, thank you. Thank you. That's it, man. We just trying to do it for the community, man. And uh, is it? Yo, I got to work on my outros because <laughs> niggas don't know what to say, man. But that's it. Episode 11 coming soon. Episode 12 on the way, man. You already know what's going on.